Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Yo, 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 it's election night, folks. Panther Nation election night. That's right. We're a nation of fans. Sometimes we're divided. Sometimes Cam Newton's your savior. He was our savior. Maybe he's not anymore. Now you may be a Teddy Bridgewater fan. At one point, I was ready to elect Dave Gettleman for president. And guess what? That was a terrible vote on my part. So tonight, as election night unfolds and the rest of the world is discombobulated over rightfully so i guess american politics whatever your side leaning left or right tonight is about north and south carolina coming together in panther nation voting in many ways in one voice one way for panther fans together and you're going to do that with your homeboys. My name's Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers podcast, and I'm here with my man, Cody Lashney. Uh, election night, Cody. Big, big, big deal. Tony Dunn, you know, every time you introduce me on this show, I say there's no way I'd rather be on a Tuesday night than talking some Panthers football with my boys. And let me tell you, man, especially during the midst of this election, that reigns truer now more than ever, baby. I think it's a sad state of affairs in America. But, dude, this is not an election uh, political podcast. We're here to talk about the Carolina Panthers, damn it. And that's what we're going to do. And we're going to do it with the best Panther fans in all of YouTube, man. We've got C, Tin, Tizzy, Trill Warren, my cousin, Chef Jeff, Joby the Blind Panther, Esquivel, Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. It's very fitting that we're having this podcast tonight because we've done it every Tuesday for over eight years now. And my wife said this to me today. She said, man, it sucks. Every election, like presidential election, because 2016 was the one she was referring to. And now ele- mm-hmm. it's election Tuesday. It's voter Tuesday, right? And she's like, hey, you got to do this show. I'm trying to watch all this with you and this and that. But I think it's apropos. And the reason I say it's apropos is as someone who is, I'm not going to push any political agenda because I don't even have one. I have refused to have political opinions at this point in my life. But I started the C3 Panthers podcast and CarolinaCatChronicles.com. I tell you, this is a true story, man. True, true story is that I was arguing with family members. I was a big Barack Obama fan. Like, I mean, look, I saw him speak in 2008. I was all caught up in all of it. Yes, we. Can, I, I was ready. Changed the world. 28 years old. Ready to make this new world together. This type of thing. 
And so I was arguing and talking and what I thought was being productive in society with like my family members, with people I knew. And uh, I was spending hours doing it. And I was yelling. I was getting furious. I was like having to take a damn Valium at the end of the night to get past it. And I said, this is too much for me. It's not healthy. I want to spend my creative activity and do something different and yell about the Falcons. Like, that's the one thing we can all agree on. The Falcons suck a big, giant dick. And so I was able to channel that aggression into sports because I thought, hey, I can yell at these people. They can yell at me. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Right. And that's what, to me, the C3 Panthers podcast and sports is ultimately about is us being able to have a fu- fun, a creative outlet in a way that um, is healthy. Sadly, I won't say sadly, but to the backdrop of real reality, the world is changing amongst us. So tonight is election night, and I've decided that we will be electing. Uh, we're going to be voting on some things. We're going to be voting on some of the best things, some of the ministers that or presidents we want to be part of Panther Nation. Anyway, that's why we're I'm here. I'm for Kanye. I don't care if, if that's a choice. He's not on the ballot. He's not on the ballot. He wasn't a Panther. He wasn't a Panther. You can vote for Greg Hardy instead. <laughs> you're gonna vote for greg all right uh greg man of many podcasts bat daddy 52 let me tell you this the new episode of mandalorian sucked oh really it was <laughs> horrendous i couldn't get past first 20 minutes it wasn't that bad I was gonna say that it was so. Have you watched it yet? Am I spoiling yeah, it for I watched you? I podcasted about it and everything, man. I thought it was. It great. was so cheesy. Yeah, I, I thought it was cheesy, bro. Of the first episode of the first season, like no. it pretty much hit all the same beats. Kind of the acting, it? the lines, the writing was as cheesy. They might as well have made Jar Jar Binks the star of the new Mandalorian, Greg. Man of Many Podcasts, welcome back to the C3 Panthers Podcast. Thanks, Ben. Always great to be back. You know, it's funny. You're, you're the first person I've heard with that take on it. Uh, I haven't found many people that didn't like it, but then again, it may just be the crowd that I run with. But uh, interesting take. But yeah, man, awesome to be here Tuesday night. Like you said, election night. I didn't know we were going to be doing some voting, so I'm interested to uh, see what this is about. Do some voting. Uh, we got CK in the house. Tim Tizzy said, nope, Tony got to go. What's he talking about? Right in Joe. Oh, he likes Joe Rogan. Um, what's up, CK? You know, uh, living the dream. Live the dream. <laughs> <laughs> Found it. I, uh, you know, just uh, about ready to wake up to a, a, a world on fire. Uh, you know, maybe not tomorrow, but maybe the day after. I don't know. It depends upon how all of this craziness works out and, you know, whatnot. I, I went to the polls. What was really interesting today? I went to go vote today. And you know how big of a line I had to wait in? None. There was not a single person there. Same for me. I voted not today a, as well. Not a single person was there. And I went pretty early. And so I thought maybe it was just, you know, a flute. No, I heard the woman that was actually running the polls. She was talking to somebody. She's like, I guess everybody got their vote in early. And I'm like, I can guarantee you 
uh, a lot of people did not get their vote in or early. I know when it you came live to in, like, uh, no, you don't live in Virginia. You live close live to Virginia. the line, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. So you do live in Virginia, yeah. technically. Yeah. yeah. All right. I and thought so, it was yeah, Rhino Grabbits for some reason. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I always think, you know, I thought that was quite interesting. And so I wonder if that's indicative of the turnout that we'll find across the country. Because I felt like this election would be one of the best turnouts that has ever happened. Well, that's what but they I say. Really, they say I, it's I think, like a record turnout. Yeah. So I'd, I'd be interested to see uh, that. I think uh, I think the Obama election, first election, was probably going to be a hard one to beat because he was the first right. one that I think was able to energize a youth base, um, you know, as far as that's concerned. But, yeah, it's quite interesting, ready to wake up to the world burning, to, uh, you know, everybody making excuses as to why their candidate didn't win, um, you know, and, and then talking about moving to another country just like it happens every year. Whenever well, your but- political party starts pointing fingers, remember you always have three fingers pointing back at you. Well, you know who says that the best is Cam Newton. He says, I don't point fingers, I point thumbs. That's, That's what Cam right. Newton says. Uh, right. Hey, look, is that the presidential election is careening to whatever, corruption, awesomeness, debate, whatever you think it is, but you can actually bet on the presidential election. You can. Yeah. You can go to mybookie.ag. You can there you can bet on the NFL. You can bet on you can't bet on the NBA well you can bet on the NBA but they're done. The World Series has been won. But uh there's always fights in the UFC. Cody, are there any fights you're looking forward to? Uh they just had a big one. Um, Khabib Nurmagomedov won won big against Justin Gaethje. Um, See, you can go to mybookie.ag. You can bet on those fights. You can bet on the presidential election. You can bet on the Panthers. The Panthers are going to be playing the Kansas City Chiefs. I would have said last week that you could have bet any number on the Kansas City Chiefs against the New York Jets. The spread was 20, and they covered it by a billion. You can bet against the Jets. That's what my advice is. Bet against the Jets. And you can do that at mybookie.ag. Don't forget when you're there, picking with a professor, hanging out. You're enjoying life. You're betting on the future of America, prop bets of who the Secretary of State is going to be, prop bets of if Kareem Hunt is going to blast past the rest of the Cleveland Browns, whatever it may be. You can go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code OVERTIME, and guess what they're going to do? They're going to match your deposit dollar for dollar. First-time depositors, you're going to put 100 bucks up. You're going to bet on, I don't know. I wouldn't. I don't know who you would bet on politics. I would never bet on politics. That seems like more ludicrous than betting on <laughs> UFC or the NFL or college football. So when you put that bet on, I guess, Clemson to win, even when Trevor Lawrence has COVID, you got to use the promo code overtime. They're going to match your dollar for dollar deposit, stacked UFC cards, presidential prop bets, all the major sports and more. Sign up today. Your winning season exclusively at my bookie. All right, let's go ahead and jump into this election show. Guys, I was thinking about it as first. 
lot going on in my own personal life and work and this and that. So, you know, I feel like I'm almost got a hangover from Thursday night. We stayed up till an infinite hour, right? Hosting calls here till past two in the morning or whatever it was. I am not overly interested in breaking down the Kansas City Chiefs matchup <laughs> as a fan. Like, I don't really know what to say other than this is we've said so much about our own team, right? We've argued and debated about whether the zone defense and the 3-3-5 three, three, or whatever we run, this and that, this and that. But ultimately... I think we're an inferior team going against a very, very good team. And if we play them tough, great. But what are, I mean, like, what really is there to talk about going into this Kansas City Chiefs game? I mean, one of the things that you have to talk about is what chance do we stand at all, if any? Uh, I mean, listen, man, people think I get too down on these Panthers, but I mean, I think genuinely the uh, Kansas City Chiefs are one of the best teams in football right now. I mean, so what? They had a close loss. But, dude, they have the ability to put up so much points. Like, uh, they, we do not have a great chance to win this game. And I think that's fine. Um, I, I am interested to see uh, Christian McCaffrey's return because I think he's going to be back. And I'm interested to see how his role is going to evolve, if any, now that we've seen Mike Davis have some success uh, running the football. Uh, Joe Brady and Matt Rule have gone on record as to say they want uh, more to running back plays. They want to utilize Mike Davis. It's not just going to go back to this run McCaffrey every single play, every single down. Um, I'd be interested to see if uh, Christian even gets some more snaps at wide receiver. Um, and I'd be interested to see what that looks like. Um, I, I don't know. I think this is a better defense for Kansas City, and it's a it's a tough out. It's hard to predict uh, the Panthers to even uh, stay competitive, I think. You tell me if I'm off base. I mean, how many of us think the Panthers can at least be competitive for three quarters of football? I, uh, I'm worried that we're about to be embarrassed, but I'm also of the mind that this could be the game that all of a sudden everything just clicks, right? Because, you know, th this this team just seems to not – like I just don't know what – I can't gauge this team yet. You know, one week their, their defense plays lights out. Our defense plays lights out. And the next week our offensive line is doing incredible. The next week both of those are horrible. Uh, and, and just, it's so hard to gauge what our team is. And maybe this is the team, the game that they put it all together. Um, I doubt it, but I am, I am truthfully concerned that our team is about to get, um, embarrassed. And I don't want to see that happen, especially if a Christian McCaffrey return happens. Consistently average. That that's what we, we end up being. It's like you just said it. We end up having being really good in this position one week. And because we were so good that week, we got to bring it back down to the average and be terrible at it the next week. We have a great first half. We have to have a bad second half. And every time I want to with something good about what's going on, something bad happens and, and vice versa. It's just that they want to stay right down the middle. We never want to. It's like we don't want to make the leap to be good, but we're not quite bad enough to be crappy. You know, it's such a difficult position to be in. I think we know exactly where this team, or not we, I 
have the same feeling about this team that I've had for the last three, four weeks now, and that is that if we play move the chain football, slow the clock down, don't turn it over, keep their offense, we play it basically ahead. We play ahead of the scoreboard. We play ahead of the clock. We play ahead of the sticks. That's what this team, that's when we've won. So in theory, can we do that? Sure. We can do that in theory. We can do that any Sunday. The problem being is this, and it's not even a worry. It's just the reality is that the Kansas City Chiefs right now are the former Super Bowl champions. They have been playing like potential repeat Super Bowl champions, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like, think about it. I mean, they're one of the top teams. You're going to say this. Who are the top teams in the AFC? The Chiefs, the Steelers. Steelers. And you should I probably, we should probably say the Steelers, the Chiefs, then the Ravens in a way, right? Yeah, I would. You know, but ultimately, we're not saying that the Panthers are one of the top teams in the NFC. So, I'm not even worried about us getting rolled as much as, I don't know. Is that, like, to me, that, like, this is a game that that we're playing with house money. You know, we're playing with house money as this. It's like, what, what, this is an opportunity for this coaching staff, for the team, the players, to either squash some of our concerns right but like if i mean you i mean competitive then you get to they get to say hey you have guts look yeah, what you did yeah. against the kansas city and Chiefs, that's man. what i expect i hope that's they, what i hope for. into a dog fight and listen can i make an analogy that i think is um is uh apt on this election night man to mm-hmm. me the carolina panthers are like the democrats and the atlanta falcons are like the republicans right we're not playing so the atlanta they, falcons no, I know, but, but follow oh. me here, man. Okay. What, 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 I'm, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, like, the Atlanta Falcons are one of the worst teams in football, right? And you say, oh, man, they suck. The Panthers, they have to win, right? There's no way they're going to lose to the Atlanta Falcons at home. And you want to pull for the Panthers, and you want to be confident that they're going to win. But then they go in, and they sit the bed, and they lose. And like I feel like that is where I'm at with <laughs> with both the Panthers and Democrats. You're supposed to be so much better than you are, and maybe not the Panthers because it's a first year head coaching staff. But like that should have been a win for us. Like as someone who is actively hoping that we lose every game for the better draft pick, not that we tank, but that we're competitive in every game and then end up losing at the final second. As someone who is who will admit that openly. I am so disappointed and felt so hurt that the Panthers could not close out the Atlanta Falcons. Mm -hmm. And I thought that it was embarrassing. That's one of the worst teams in football. And we we were competitive up until the very end. And then Teddy Bridgewater gives it away right when it's time for him to be a franchise. It's kind of normal at the same time when it comes to the Falcons. They always come and stomp (laughs) our ass at home. And it's not just the past 10 or 12, folks. It goes way back, bro. I've seen it. I've been there. Mike Vick was stomping our ass. The Falcons have always fucking fucked with us at home. It's not fair. It's not right. Mm -hmm. Understand. But it's always true. 
Yeah, man. All right, Somebody so here is Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes right now is just lighting it up. I mean, as he should. Right? I mean, like, he's their light year here is ultimately this. is What would you like to see? Not what do you expect to see. What would you like to see happen against the Kansas City Chiefs as this Carolina Panthers team goes out there? I just don't want to see a blowout. That's that's what I would like to see is not a blowout. I mean, uh, I I don't expect us to win this game. I really don't expect it to be close, but I don't want it to be like the Steelers game a couple of years ago where Cam got hurt, uh, where it's like fifty six to twenty one or whatever. I I just don't want that. That's just it's already been a rough enough year. It's demoralizing. Yeah, right? I, you know. I, it, yeah, it it, it, it it makes you like like Cody said. You want to be competitive in every single game. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, if we can do that, I think, you know, I'd be interested to see what the over under is for this game, um, you know, because I am I'm certain they've got multiple possessions as far as uh, as uh, the the Chiefs ahead of us. I'm sure it's more than a touchdown. Um, but, yeah, no, this this is absolutely one of those games. But it's also, as you said, it could be one of those times where we've got all we're all in. We've got nothing to lose. There is literally no reason to not go out there and just play your heart out. All right. Because if you can come out with a win, like, like that is something that right there proves that this is a team that's moving in the right direction. If you can come out and look competitive, you show that you're a team absolutely do making the right moves. And, and you can still say, because I mean, every year we've always had a lot of games that have been close, but this year we've had every game within one possession, every single one of them. And a lot of them winnable. And so if if that means that we're that close, then we've got the cards to be able to, you know, we just got to be able to put the the right pieces in place. All of a sudden, things can change. Things can be, we could be dominant. We could be better than every team in the league. But I, I don't know if we're going to get it done against the Chiefs right now. I think this could be a very embarrassing outing, but I'm hopeful. You know what I hope they do? I hope Kansas dinks and dunks on us. I hope they take advantage of our linebackers. And and, oh, and sus, uh, sus. like this, just trying to make people. You know, that's what they, you, hey, why wouldn't they, man? Listen, if you watch the Panthers, because on film, you're Patrick Mahomes, you throw it deep. Court. I mean, he throws it deep all day. That's all he does. No, he they're, just, they're the they're the king of the scre- screens, my dude. Anything you can, but Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have that. Anything that you can do, I can do better. Type of attitude. And I think it would be such a boss move if they just went straight ball control offense, ran out the clock, and just made us perform on offense, made us throw the football down the field. That would be a sight. I hope you know that what happens. I'm I'm curious. Has anybody seen any interviews? Because um, I I feel like Patrick Mahomes is going to be like Carolina. Who? Like, it's just, like I just I sit there and think about like Patrick Mahone thinks like making comments about this game, and I just feel like he's already thinking about next week. You know, just because this is kind of just... Well, there was this one tweet that I saw flying around, and it was about after, like, the post-game interview. He was standing on the field, and they were like, what do you think about Carolina? He was like, and he gave the prototypical, they're good, we got to respect them. And they had a grin on his face, and somebody was like, he's grinning because he lied. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that's what the tweet said. I don't know. Is that here is hey in in some ways, hey, let's think about this positive way of thinking. First is that the Panthers have been competent 
all season long. So I that's what I want them to be when we play the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I don't even need it to be close or this and that. You know, you guys are saying you want you don't want to be a blowout. It's another way of saying you don't want to be a blowout in my way of saying it is I just want us to be competent. Yeah. You know, is that they score, we score this and that. If we you know, I felt that the Panthers have looked pretty good from week to week against competition that in many ways is arguably a lot better. Even uh, last week against the Falcons, right, is that while the Falcons do stink as a team, they did beat us exactly how we thought they could possibly beat us, and that is Julio having a bazillion yards. You know what I mean? Like, man, it's like uh, we understand that. It's when the things that we expect to be pretty good, it's kind of like when if Teddy throws three interceptions, you're like, wait a second. This is, I was okay with him having one touchdown and 270 yards. I was not okay with him having 270 yards and seven and three touchdowns. I mean, interceptions, excuse me. So I just want us to be competent against that. But now when we look at it, in, in some ways, let's flip it. We continue to think about the perspective of the Carolina Panthers. In some ways, if you're, if you're a Chiefs fan, are you saying, is this a trap game? Probably so, yeah. because listen, I feel like, and tell me if I'm wrong here. I feel as if the you know fan bases of other teams don't think too much of us, because why would they? Like we've been absent Christian McCaffrey, and we have no other star power on our football team. Like our coming out party to the world was on Thursday night football, and we managed to let the Falcons embarrass us. So. I, I feel like if you're a Chiefs fan, you're confident, but you could also be aware that this is a team that has been in close games. Is this so, a home game for us? Um, or a road not. game? Road it's game? Okay. Oh, by that the way, uh, you mentioned interceptions. Keep in mind that now we're throwing against Tyron Matthew, uh, Brashad Breeland. Um, uh, what's his name up there? The other cornerback that got this really good. Um, oh, the guy out of Virginia. I wanted to draft him. I'll hey, think of it. Ask, tell, tell the, tell the folks at home who Patrick Mahomes is throwing against. <laughs> uh, uh, Dante Jackson, uh, Russell Douglas. This boy should be back by this point. Trey Sam Boston and Franklin. Sam Franklin. But who? Let, let's yeah. let's let's also look at this. Who else do they have on their team right now? Oh man! Damn. No, 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 no. Oh, on their well, offense. Well, actually, who? no. Sammy Watkins is hurt. No, no, no. So, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the the tight end that's going to just make our linebackers look. Oh, yeah. 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 oh and the debut. This is the debate. Is this the debut of Le'Veon? Pop. Well, uh, this will probably be. Yeah, this, will probably be. I think this is his first game. I think he was this with is... the team the last one. I think Le'Veon Bell will be suited up against the Carolina Panthers if the timeline is right. And all of a sudden now, yay. You want to know what doesn't bode well for this Sunday? Huh. The the Chiefs are known to run a very efficient screening, you know, screen game. Like mm-hmm. that is, uh, if not two thirds of their offense, possibly more is a screen game. 
you know, and it's, 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 it's or a slant routes or whatnot. They, they're very good about getting the ball into the playmaker's hands quickly um, while also opening up the, the back end of the you know field with, with that ridiculous arm of Patrick Mahomes. Um, but that doesn't bode well for our number one, our horrific linebackers who can't tackle worth a crap. Right. Where have we, we've just gotten destroyed on those short games because we can't tackle these guys out on the flat. You know, it's just, I, I was talking about it, you know, a few weeks ago when we said we need to get rid of the screen in our offense, every other team seems to do it. Well, the best screen team in the entire NFL is the chiefs. And we're about to see how you're supposed to run a screen game this week. Blake Bettis said didn't Bell play last week. I don't know. That's a good question. I didn't. I don't remember him playing, but I could be a week behind. I could be. I could be a week behind. Or but also to add to what CK is saying, though, part of the reason why they're still good. And I, I can't stress this enough. I feel enough. like the Saints should be the best screen team. It's really. because, no. It, it, the reason why the Chiefs are so good at it is because they can threaten all levels of the football field. Mm-hmm. So, you're not ready, so you're not ready for their screen game when it does happen. And they have guys that are fast as hell and can make you miss. That's mm-hmm. why I've always said, and people kind of laughed at me, Carolina could have built our own version of what Kansas City had. I've been saying that Curtis Samuel should have been our own version of Tyreek Hill. You know, uh, DJ Moore could have been our He's still a Panther, by the way. Well, I mean, listen, what I'm saying is is there are a lot of similarities between our offensive firepowers uh, that we could have tried to build around, but we don't have the offensive line that Kansas City Chiefs does, and we damn sure don't have the quarterback that the Kansas City Chiefs do. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's important, man. No trades today. Um, as I look around, so the Carolina Panthers were not, and that's what I meant by saying. Is this we, the last day? Just, yeah, yeah, it ended. Well, it's over. The last day there trade. was no um, trade headlines. Not really, no. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of minor ones in the background that happened like, two days ago, but yeah, you're right. Um not giant ones and um, Will Fuller stays point stays put. And I thought when people were talking about Will Fuller to the Packers, I was asking more and more. It's Curtis Samuel on the block type thing. Panthers stay put. Mm-hmm. I don't they think. Stay uh, put. I don't think. I think that bodes well for Curtis Samuel to get an extension with the Panthers. Maybe. Yeah. Man, it, yep. do, do you do you pay? DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. You're not gonna have to pay DJ Moore for two two more years. Yeah, right. This is his third. You know, you got a little time, but the question is, do you pay Curtis Samuel be a third receiver? I don't think you ever pay a third receiver. Sorry, no, I don't think you ever pay a. You know, I mean, it's too. It's like it's too far down the depth chart. Right. I'm disappointed, but I'm not surprised. One, because our general manager is incompetent. We've stressed this enough. Um, number two, like we have to make a decision on a, a few guys coming up. Taylor Moten, Curtis Samuel, and DJ Moore. Two of those guys are receivers. Who we do have a you little want time with DJ. We got a but little time you, with what DJ. I'm saying is, what, are, what are the chances that we're going to sign both of them? And then if we're not going to sign both of them, if you don't want to pay two receiver contracts, then who are you going to pick, DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel? Mm. Now, me personally, at this point in time, even though I'm a huge 
Curtis Samuel supporter, I would pay DJ Moore over uh, Curtis Samuel. I think there's more potential there. So if you have to pay Taylor Moten and you're eventually hoping to pay DJ Moore and you have Robbie Anderson, why not see what kind of value Curtis Samuel has out there? And with Christian McCaffrey coming back and we have Mike Davis to be able to run the football, like we really aren't going to be absent a receiver. Even if we traded. Can we Sam. talk about the offensive line? And while we're excited about Curtis Samuel, he did have two touchdowns this past week. Uh, Panthers got FSU 23 mentioned that, you know, a rushing touchdown, receiving touchdown, really, a lot of the problems that were on the cat calls after the game on Thursday night and the things that we were talking about and even the days to follow surrounded poor offensive line play and arguably a deterioration in the Mike Davis play that has come about. Now you can say that could be offensive line, whatever, it could be anything. But why do you guys think is how imperative A is Moten to be – extended and B what do you think the status of this offensive line is going forward I think that it's imperative to get him signed if you're not don't have a future plan already in place or you don't have something solid you can look forward to to replace him because what are you going to replace him with you know that's got to be the next question before you even think about not re-signing him is what are you going to do without him we've seen too often offensive line walk right we've let too Mm -hmm. many walk We've let too many people leave, uh, you know, and, and th- you know, that's we see exactly what that does to a franchise quarterback and the the longevity of a good history. You know what you notice over at the Saints, the Cowboys, when they had a good offensive line, those boys got paid. Right. And they kept them and t- kept them around, you know, and I think that's something we need to prioritize, uh, you know, and so I, I think Moten needs to be signed and. You know, if if Okun cannot be injury prone, I mean, he's shown that he's a serviceable left but tackle. He's on the end, he's on a one year yeah. deal. He's already thirty, whatever. So okay, we're so talking okay. about having to replace a left tackle, arguably. Yeah, and I think it's really t- it's time to be thinking about investing high in the draft on a center. And I know that's well, not sexy, but Paradis has been up and down. Yeah, he was up and down because of an injury last year. He actually looked very. He's looked competent so far. It felt f- through the first four games. The last two have not been voting well. Now, at the same time, in fairness to him, you know, you got these backup guards coming in. You got all this, and that's hard on a center. But he has not been great. And I mean, so at what point? How do you fix it? Do you fix it now? Do you fix it later? I think the Panthers are really going to have to invest in this draft in something high. Maybe it's a second round, third round pick in a center. I think you can get a center at that. Well, if you notice, if you notice, CK mentioned the Saints. Well, what do the Saints do well? Draft offensive linemen and spend premium draft capital on offensive linemen. And that's why there really is never that much. I've only done that recently, though. I always no, feel like we effort. always pat them on the back. It's no, like patting Dallas on the back. back. They did that nope. like five years ago, and now they nope, haven't done it, and now watch they're this. feeling the nope. pain. Nope, watch this. They drafted Ryan Ramchick in the same draft that they got Kamara. 
Then last year in the second round, three or four four years ago. Hold on, I'm not done. Then the year after that, they they moved up in the second round, drafted Eric McCoy, a center I was really high on out of Texas A and M. Got them got them as the center. Then last year they drafted uh, the offensive guard from Michigan, Eric Ruiz, and he's doing really well right now. Like you you already hit the nail on the head, Tony. Look at how many people. We we have to replace Greg Little is not it. Greg Little continues. Well, we to don't know if team. he's not it. We don't know if he is uh-huh. or isn't. But you can't bank on him. That's the thing is you don't give so, up on him, but you don't bank on him. So we we have no assured left tackle. We have no assured left guard. Paradise is nearing the end of his deal. Yeah. We have no we have no assured right guard. Taylor Moten is like pulling his dick out on the table, isn't he? He is going to get more money than anybody. Taylor Moten should have had a contract before Shaq Thompson. Yeah. And that's the God's honest truth. I believe that. I agree with that. And you know what? If you go back and check all the tape of the C3 Panthers podcast, we've been very high Moten the whole time. The entire time. He's been very, very good for us. And that's all we're doing is complimenting what we see is good. I, again, think another good rule of thumb would be to you need to draft an offensive lineman in the top three rounds every year. One, two, three. Like somewhere. One, two, three. It it could be the first. It could be the third. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Like, I almost feel like that is... A rule of thumb to have. And by the way, I had someone mentioned it already, too. Look how many good offensive linemen we've just kind of let go. Andrew Norwell, whether you loved uh, him or, or hated him, he was a good He cost us. so and much money, bro. Fine. All right, but then, then we signed Trey Turner, and then we end up No, we signed Andrew. Trey Turner first. That's why we had to let Norwell go. We signed I Turner. We, I thought, no, we, I we, thought signed we let, Turner. I thought we let go of Norwell so that way we could sign Turner. Mm-hmm. We signed Turner. We had a choice. We had our choice between. Yeah, we had to pick one of the two. Yeah, we had we no. We, had, we didn't have the capital. Yeah, we didn't have the cap to be able to sign both. So well, either way, was... neither one of them are on the team right now. So uh, again, uh, dude, Marty Hernandez needs to go. Well, you gotta be that careful paying a guard big time money. That's the thing is, you should be drafting people to replace them. And look, is we can't really be but so sad we didn't pay an undrafted free agent and Andrew Norwell. Like so, what? He was balls out for us. He that's fine. Us. That's fine. But it was like he cost like sixty million dollars, man. We paid other positions. We should have just had another guy that we were in, had in the hole to bring up next. You already brought. I think that's a lot to pay. But I don't think you can pay guards. It's like paying running backs, bro. You say oh, you can't pay running backs. It's the same thing. It's the oh, same that's, fucking that's, 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 thing. The offensive interior is three of the most important positions in all of football. You, you're not able to, to run block or pass protect. If you're quarterback, that's fine. But when you come to the money, the guards aren't paid the big dollars, bro. Dude, have you seen what they're going for now? The the guards are getting damn near tackle money, man. That's important. How how much is tackle money? Is what he's saying. Let's see. No, I understand. They're not even close. But it's a reason why they're expensive. They are so much more important than a running back. 
You can have an undrafted running They're back. They're not import, more important than running backs. a lie. Oh, I'm telling you, I know what you're talking about. They're like the running back of the offensive line. A guard is the running back of the offensive line. I bet you wish we had better offensive linemen when Cam was here. They were important more of the times when Cam was here, wasn't it? But we didn't build that offensive line when we had the opportunity to. You guys, you know that when you look at what our offensive line did this past week, right? You know, you saw where our weakness was. 110% it was Chris Reed. And what is he? Guard. Our entire offense could not function because the entire defensive backfield, you know, our defensive front seven was in the backfield within five seconds every single play. And it was going. It and was that's cutting fine, but what is Chris? We what was Chris Reed drafted as? That's that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, I true. guess my point is this: is that you can have good guards, but you don't have to like just like a running back. You don't have to get them in the first. You don't got to. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't. You, I'm not saying the guards not unimportant. That's not my point. Is that he just doesn't have to be the elite of the elite. Do you know who the highest paid guard in the league is? Trey Turner. <laughs> Brandon Sheriff. Sheriff. Yeah. For Washington. And he sucks. He's hurt. 15 and he million sucks. a year. And and then after that, it's Joe Thune. Joe Thune for, uh, for uh, New England. 14 uh, million a year. Yeah. So it's not. <laughs> New England. Paid. And they have one of the worst fronts. Yeah. yeah they all Brandon, suck. Brandon all right. for Philadelphia. They're horrible. <laughs> Zach Martin. All right. I mean, all right. Wow. We've, we've spent enough time on these subjects, but I'm going to try to push through the numbers 252-228-5098. You know what you're listening to. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast, longest running Panthers podcast out there. We're not football experts, but we are expert fans, and you're part of our community. You call into the show. Again, the number is 252 252- Two two eight fifty ninety eight. Smash the thumbs up button. Subscribe to the show. Let's jump into the cat calls and see what you guys got to say. So, what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty. Sh- you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So, how do you think cat calling makes the person feel? It feels two, good, like. And a three and a four and a who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in the snow? Who's that kid that can use one? Hey guys, it's Tyler from Spruce Pond. Um, Saturday, so I've had a couple days to kind of stew on that comparison loss to the Atlanta Falcons. But um, one thing I want to say is I think this is the team that we all thought that it was going to be going into this year. Um, yeah, the defense didn't look great. Um, at one point, they forced their first punt in like seven and a half quarters or something like that. Anyway, um, as far as that goes, the defense is young. Um, they have some setbacks, and they've looked good at times. But I think that's what you're going to see with the young defense. Um, I'm not mad about the coaching staff. Um, I'm not mad about the talent. Um, because I think they're kind of overperforming their talent level and their experience right now. But anyway, like that. as far as Teddy Bridgewater... Um, I, I think he is what we thought he was. And I, I think that goes to say like the same as uh, what the coaching staff thinks about him as well. If you think about it, he's on a three-year deal. Um, and like Steve Smith called him a right-now quarterback for Carolina. So I, I kind of think there may be a plan in the works to 
to draft a quarterback in the future, but have him stick, kind of like a Patrick Mahomes, Alex Smith situation. And I'm not saying that we're going to get a Mahomes, but at the same time, um, when a quarterback does sit for a year, a lot of the times that tends to bode well for them. Um, there are some situations where I think a rookie is, is better starting out, but that's a top draft pick that we're not going to get. Um, so I've got a question for you, Cody. If we're picking at number 10, what quarterback do you see us drafting? Um, I, I know that there will be some good quarterbacks available. I think Deshaun Watson was in that range. Patrick Mahomes was in that range. Um, I, I know that there's a, a few good quarterbacks that have been in that range. Um, also, uh, another question is, if Marty Herney is gone, uh, who, who do you see as his replacement? Um, I don't think Marty Herney's done a terrible job, but at the same time, like we've not even entered contract talks with Taylor Moten, Curtis Samuel, or any of these guys that, that we need to re-sign. No, um, Taylor Moten's priority. That they should already have him locked up and should have had him locked up this summer, but um, that's kind of how Marty Herney works. We get a good uh-huh. O-lineman, and he just lets them walk, and then we What's suck. What's my man's name years, again? So. I mean, it is what it is. It's frustrating oh, as a Panthers so fan, but I think we're trending in the right direction with this coach. And how did that make you feel? Tyler. Tyler. Tyler from Spruce Springs. What a good call. Fantastic. What a great, yeah, I mean, top to bottom. Great call in so many efforts. Um, go ahead and speak to it. Number one, yeah. I think, is this. Is, I don't know. What do you think is number one? I feel like all his points were top notch right there. First, follow me on Twitter, man. At Cody Lack, C O D Y L A C, man. I, I be bullshitting on Twitter, bro. And, and I, I'll, I'll drop little nuggets of truth on there. And if you've been following me today, I've been tweeting all morning about Zach Wilson. I normally don't start watching uh, films. Is this the BYU? Yeah, the BYU. And Tony, uh, let me tell you, dude. Brigham uh, Young, he's a Mormon yeah, BYU, kid, right? BYU, yeah, they call him the, the Mormon Manziel. <laughs> Which, What's his uh, name? Uh, uh, Zach Wilson. And, dude, you can go to uh, even my Twitter timeline and look at some of the things I posted. But check out some of his highlights. Check out his film. Um, dude, I, I'm, I have a crush, man. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I've been watching this kid's film. And not just the highlights, too. I've been he's watching a warrior, too, bro. Dude, he's incredibly mobile. He's six foot three, two 210 pounds. He can run away from you. He has an absolute missile launcher. He throws football uh, footballs down the field with the greatest accuracy. And right now, he currently has a higher number of yards per play than even Trevor Lawrence does. And he's, like, year. got a, like, 99% completion rate or some cre- – it's not that high, boy. but it's, like, insane. It's, like, 79%. Look, this is what I'm saying, man. Joe Brady, with that kind of quarterback, <laughs> would be transcend- – I-, I know you're Ooh. watching. Right <laughs> I'm watching the highlight. So wow. This is what I'm saying, man. And, people get and so the story at- gets better, Cody. I would say this, is that I've heard you ma- – I heard you mention his name. Yes. Right, last like a week, a week or two ago, I heard that when you said I haven't watched a ton yet, but I'm seeing this and that. I'm seeing I'll this. Watch a lot more. Okay, I heard a interview with him. Yes, he went on the Jim Rome show, and he was like, "You don't want to be blown away just because like you're a good speaker, 
right and you're saying the right things you don't want to be over but like we can't be mad at someone when they say the right things you know like, oh damn it they said the right thing he had had the he, he said all the right <laughs> things a but this dude is a film fucking nerd bro yes. he has that the kicks the dna he it's crazy that. dude he was talking really about good. it he was talking, and on top of that, he was not recruited by um, a lot of schools coming out. He said he did not want to go to BYU. He said it on the radio. He said, I didn't want to go there. I want, and he was like, I was more interested. He said, I was a Utah fan growing up. I wanted yeah. to go to Iowa, this and that. And I hated BYU. But then these coaches, they replaced some coaches they started to speak to me like we were on the same level. But on top of that, he's been at BYU for a minute. And he said this. He was coming into this year. And this was the craziest thing I've ever heard. He's having a Heisman Trophy year. He's entering. He's going to be climbing the ranks of the NFL draft. And you know what he talked about in this interview? For minutes was earning the respect of his team. He said this, is that he was in a battle going into the season for the quarterback position. He said, I never had a doubt in my mind if I could win it or if I was going to win it. He said, I, I thought I was going to win it. But what I knew I had to do was I needed my teammates to believe I deserved it. Same. It was like he had the Same. most. It was like the film, the polish, the blue, the lunch pail fucking thing. I will tell you this. Yeah, it's like all of this is the total package, and I know I might be being wooed. I am being wooed with one. He's whispering sweet nothings in my ear in one interview, but it's a lot, and it's evidence, and it's interesting. Tell him the name one more time. Zach Wilson, quarterback, had to be by you. But listen, but listen though. See, this is where people get pissed off at me, man, and I think this is where the the disconnect is. I'm a fan of the Carolina Panthers, but I'm a fan who thinks more like a GM than I do uh, a, a fan. And like the caller even asked me, like, what other GMs am I am I thinking about? Dude, I don't know. I'm just that's my dream job. How about this? It should be my fucking yeah. triple act. I should in there, dude. What I were they saying on the roundtable? We did a roundtable this past Sunday, Panther Nation podcast. We're all up there with all the YouTubers, and they were all over that Eagles guy, the guy that we got that brought us Russell Douglas. I thought they were yeah, taking him uh, too far. Uh, I thought they were. They were like, "This is the guy." This. I was like, well, I've oh, never. That's the thing. I've I've never even heard that dude, Patrick Stewart. I think they said his name was, and I'm like, I feel that like the that's the dude from Star Trek. Sir Patrick. Sir Patrick. Sir Patrick. Yeah, general manager. So, dude, if Professor Xavier is our next fucking GM, I'm down, bro. Like, hey, it might as well be me. I have the it. Be thing. it's Cody. Yeah, it's Cody. It. Cody. Cody. Hey, can I Let can I pose a question? Office. Yeah, man. It's something I've been thinking about while you guys have been talking about this. So, <laughs> say he asked if we're drafting ten, who do we take? Right. So yeah. I let's let's work off of what we know currently, and that is that the Jets look like they're getting the number one pick, right? And by 
all accounts, you know, there is a chance, and I know that this is all fake news up until this point, that Trevor Lawrence decides to stay at Clemson for his senior year instead of going into the draft if the Jets are the pick, right? If they get the number one pick in the draft. So now you have an opportunity at number 10 to pick a quarterback that has no opportunity of being Trevor Lawrence because he's going to be staying there another year. Do you take another, do you take the quarterback or do you hope that we get Trevor Lawrence the next year? I mean, listen, that's an interesting scenario, but let me just bust that bubble. Dude, Trevor is not coming back to Clemson. He is not going to come back to Clemson. And I'll tell you why. Especially since he caught COVID, bro. Think of it this way. You're Trevor Lawrence, okay? You're going to stiff the Jets, what, to go to Jacksonville? Like, if the Jaguars are number two, like, you're going to stiff one just to go to 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 Atlanta. To go to Houston, you have your pick of the letter, bro. You got your pick of the fucking letter. The Giants, you got your pick of the litter. He can do whatever. He can put his Teddy Bridgewater dick on the table and be like, I go where I want to go. They're not going to have Adam Gase as the head coach. Listen, who cares that they haven't fired him yet? They're not going to, they're getting rid of of Adam Gase. They're going to have a brand new head coach. They're going to have a whole bunch of draft picks. They're going to have a whole bunch of draft capital and money Guess to what spend. what they've had for the last and 20 years. The, All and, of you're that, in the New York, and you're in the New York media market. Trevor Lawrence is not going to skip. He's not coming back and missing out on millions of dollars just to play as an amateur quarterback at Clemson for another year. He's going to graduate. Why wouldn't he do it this? Why wouldn't he force a trade to New England? You can't for you can't pick who you want to go to. Like Eli there has did. to be a team. Eli, Eli did. did, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's only because the okay, the Giants were willing to trade up for that pick. They said to San Diego. No, they only did that because the only reason Sienda, San Diego agreed to it is because Eli said I will not play with y'all. Right. Yeah. John Elway did it as well. Right. Kobe okay, Bryant did it. New York was willing to trade with San Diego. Eli had no say on what team traded that uh, with that San Diego. Team. I don't believe that. I don't. How I, I don't believe talks, he had no there was say talks in the beginning of him wanting to be a, in, in New York. I don't believe he had what? no say. Like, if you can tell this team, I'm not going to play for you. He obviously, and he had Archie Man as his dad. All right, I understand what you're saying. Is that is like it's is is hard to navigate that. But when seven people want you, right? But I want to say one more thing, man. And this is why I was talking about me having a, a GM mindset. Like, dude, knowing what kind of quarterbacks that there are, Tony hasn't even looked at Trey Lance yet. Okay, but that's another name that. Definitely in consideration for the Panthers. Is this the North it's Dakota guy? I'm not going to yeah. look at him. I refuse well, to look at him. I will I not will. even will. look at I his face. I don't care what he looks like. You don't need to look. Go to sleep. I don't care. I- I'm telling you that he's a damn good football player, man. And my, if we win, the more we win, the more we are pushing ourselves away from the opportunity to be able to draft one well, of these good guys. News. We're not winning. We lost to well, the Falcons and we're going to play the Chiefs. So that's a moot point. Moot, not mute. Moot. 
But also, Cody, you're talking right there. If we win, we're pulling weight. Not necessarily. I mean, some of these guys are going to fall late to the first and early second because there's not going to be f- six quarterbacks drafted in the first round. Oh, well, not, not not six. Amen. But, I could, Amen. but we've already I named could, we've already named five. All right, can we keep going? Let's go through the calls. Two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Sorry, I forgot that it was only three minutes, so it kind of cut me off. <laughs> but I've got one last thing. It's about Joe Brady. Um, yeah, he called it. A, a, pretty shit game last week um but at the same time joe brady's only 30 years old so joe brady has a lot of room to grow i don't think he's ready to step into a head coaching role yet um i think we're going to have him for maybe two or three years before you know he's ready to do that and then he will be one of the hottest names um as far as coaches that available in two to three years but i i, I just don't see him being ready to step into a head coaching job after this season. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But I, I do think as an offensive coordinator that he is still learning. He is still growing because at LSU, I think he he only called like half the plays. And I want to say it was either on first and second down or it was on third down. I don't know. I know that it was half the time. Um, and he wasn't even, you know, the offensive coordinator there. That's what I was trying to say. So That's yeah. why I've been sure so impressed role was with a him. Lot different there I was worried. Than, than what his role is here. So let's just give Joe Brady some time. Um, and, and let's let uh, Matt Rule and Joe Brady both get the players that they want to get in there. And let's hopefully get an offensive line within the next few years if Marty Herney can get his head out of his ass. But anyway, that's all I got for you guys. Uh, Man, look, I'm interested good, to hear your good talk. set of calls tonight. Good set of calls. Thank you for being part of the community. We love it. And I'm telling you, those were some great calls, particularly the first one. And I'm not trying to diminish the second one. What I'm saying is this is too, is it, 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 it kind of turns my mind to a couple of topics. Number one is this. We were on this round table, right? Many people, maybe they don't know what we're talking about. So on Sunday... Because we didn't have a game, we got the Panther Nation podcast set up a roundtable of the major, I guess, almost all of the YouTubers that deal with the Carolina Panthers. Right, Pat Coltrane was up there, the Big Cat, all the dudes, right? We were up there, and there was a couple of things. Representing, I might add. Thank you, thank you. They, there's a couple of things that stood out to me in that. One, I was surprised with how weird they were when we were, I guess, I hesitant about, about Yeah, it was like, they were like, what? Teddy Bridgewater, best thing ever. The yeah. other thing was this, is that I would say, and that's fine. Okay, I was ready for the Teddy Bridgewater stands or whatever you call You know, whatever the word is. For pe- people that think more highly of we than we do. Mm-hmm. But there were a couple of people who were like, I don't know about the time management, the clock management of this team. And I have, and, and look, I am not a football expert. I'm willing to say it. Like, I just, I don't know the technicalities of everything, but I watch football every Sunday, right? I mean, I have a podcast about, I mean, I'm not an expert, but I'm not a dummy either. The eye test has not told me any problems about clock management with this team. Like, I was like, I was like, that's what we're talking about here? Like, you think we're weird? 
not y'all, but like the people were saying, it was like this. I'm like, well, Teddy can throw it down. They were looking at me like I was speaking Sanskrit or something. But then and they would really be like, me, but then they'd be like the clock management. I was like, really, y'all really speaking me, Sanskrit, homie. It made me wonder, like, man, are, are we really the only ones that kind of beat the anti-Teddy Bridgewater drum as loud as we do? And if so, are we, oh, are we too proud. far? Oh, Dude, you ba- no, you no, double down. No, You're like, no, no, no. In fact, bro, it makes me feel better because, and listen, man, shout out to everyone. And a, a lot of fans are like this, and I don't blame them because that's part of being a fan. But so many people have this mindset. But Taylor Bridgewater is the Panthers quarterback, and I'm a fan of the Panthers. And they, you know, Joe Brady hand selected Bridgewater, and that was his guy. And all all these different things, and all oh, his yards are incredible. Like they're gonna find every reason to be optimistic and hopeful about. Teddy Bridgewater, and to a, to a certain is there anything degree. ironic about that though? When you jump, when you sing a song about Teddy Bridgewater, when you talk about his yards, and then you also put up a video that's like, should we fire the offense? You know, like I mean, is is there yeah. anything? I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, like I'm not it to me. I'm very, I'm more analytical in how I look at things. I don't see a quarterback that takes us to the next level. I see an opportunity. I think you are going soft on Teddy Bridgewater, bro. I'm going to tell you that. You were like this. You were like, he can throw the – no, he can't throw the deep ball. Like, he he physically can throw the ball down the field. But when it's like a looping ass, bitch ass. I was trying to find some middle ground so that way – uh, that way, it, they it looked like, at me like man. I was a damn anti-Semite, bro. Dude, dude, <laughs> here's there's one thing that was said during that part that I think was absolutely asinine because every person that's watched the Panthers this year has said, "What's the one thing we're missing?" Is the deep ball, and I'm yeah. not gonna say names, but there was somebody who said they were ro- roasting Joe Brady for calling the deep ball pass in the certain circumstances when if, if honestly they were really smart decisions to go deep. Right. And, and it's just because they didn't work out. It's Joe Brady's fault. I got so because I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, bro, like, I mean, there were open wide receivers on most of those. And that one pass that was at the end of the, the Falcons game, that was the interception. That was a bad decision, period. Now, granted, that had probably more to do with the offensive line not giving him any time, but it's still, nonetheless, it was a bad decision. That was like a Cam Newton rookie year season uh, decision to just throw the ball up in the last minutes to try to get something done, and you can't, you just can't do that. Um, I think, I, I think was, that was my biggest issue. I think there's one other thing too is that, like, I think the most. Uh, homophobe people are the biggest homos. And I know that's like a, I mean, that's actually probably going to be fired for my job. Uh, but what I mean by this is like, I said, like, we call him Teddy BD and they were like, don't talk about that. But I'm ready to suck his big old D. They love, like, uh, love. I, I commend your level of fucking attitude to take it 
to that extra weird place. <laughs> Even at a moment <laughs> We were hanging out with people that we've never hung out with. They were like, what are you talking about? I was like, oh my And you're talking about Ted's dick. (laughs) Those guys had no idea what was coming. Like, after you started to, like, they were just like. (laughs) And what I would say is this, is that they don't follow the Panthers closely enough. If you watch Barstool Sports, you would have known about it. Like, you would have known about this. They were not ready to hear about Ted's dick. They were now. chugging on his D, and they didn't even know how big it was. Uh, yeah, that is kind of funny, right? The Ted, the Teddy Bridgewater uh, defenders—they don't, they don't. How could you not know about his giant fucking baby arm holding an apple? <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> All right, let's go to the next call. <laughs> hey guys, it's Jason from Colorado. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about a uh, response to the post-game show. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of negativity after dropping that game to the Falcons. and um, But we there's a lot of fire and fury coming out about Teddy Bridgewater not necessarily losing the game, but not winning the game either. Um, I think for a long time, we've been spoiled by Cam Newton's talent and one of the things that I talked about in a couple weeks ago is that our offense is, is predicated on, on taking what the defense gives you. And I think Teddy can do that, but I think what we want from him and what we haven't seen is something that Cam Newton was so good at. And that's taking what the defense doesn't give you in, in the, in the way that, you know, if, if, all of the receivers were covered down the field and nobody was open, Cam could still take off and run it um, because of one-on-one matchups and he could win those. He could fire it, put, you know, put some heat on it and fit it into a really tight window where there's really not a gap in coverage, but he could fit the ball in there and strike. And that's something that we haven't seen from Teddy. I don't think he has the arm strength for it. I think that we saw the limits of his ability. That's what I've been, tr- we've been trying to say. We can't. Granted, it was soaking wet. It's, it's going to be harder to air it out. But yeah. there were opportunities where if he would have just thrown the ball a little bit harder, it could have made a big difference. And I just think that that's because he's not particularly built for that. He's very cerebral. He that's can right. Play that's the ball exactly space, right. But when Good it call. comes time Great calls to, tonight. you know, really mm-hmm. make, you know, take advantage of the situation, you know, strike and move the ball down the field, he's not your guy. I think that he could be successful on a better football team. We're very limited in our talent. Atlanta, on paper, I think all of us would agree that they have a much more talented football team than we do. And I think we all expected them to have a much better record. And if the coin flipped and in a million different universes, I bet that in most of them, the Falcons aren't, you know, the, the, at this one in six, well, I guess now two in six record or whatever it is, because, you know, they are stacked and they've been in the lead. They've blown, you know, whatever their win probability, 90 plus percent win probabilities in four or five of those losses that they took. So, I mean, they had those games iced away and then they blew it. I mean, it, it does happen. But, I mean, there's it's just as easy that they – are ahead and I don't think that it's the end of the world that we lost to them in a slug fest in the in a soaking wet game where you know it got hard to slug it out on the ground and that's what we rely on um but looking forward to I have a 
a, a, a statement I would make about that too. Um, I think that what we've realized now is that even there towards the end, Cam Newton, he wasn't able to be Cam Newton like he always had been. You know, he wasn't able to just elude the pocket as much or anything like that. And we've seen that, you know, uh, really since 2017's year. Um, but guess what happened in those years? We had Christian McCaffrey. And we haven't had Christian McCaffrey. And I think that should bode well for uh, for Teddy Bridgewater uh, in the event that pressure does come because he will have an outlet that is able to get the ball out, who doesn't drop the football in the flat, who who is able to make the first person miss every single time, not with requiring to break tackles. Like, that's what Mike Davis does. He runs through people, right? Christian McCaffrey avoids the tackle altogether, and he's able to get some speed going, and that's how he's able to get some stuff. I think that's going to help Teddy's game this week uh, because he is going to have that, you know, what he was talking about, Teddy Bridgewater's can't take what the, can't take what the defense doesn't give them, right? You know, like Cam Newton did. You know, th- that's where Christian McCaffrey is going to come in handy for him. I'm going to keep pushing through the calls, guys. 10-4. Sorry about that, but looking forward to next weekend. Or we're, um, you know, playing the Chiefs, and they're a high-powered offense. I know that some people are suggesting they don't want C-Mac to come back and play, but I I got to see C-Mac. I, I've missed him. I want him to come back and play for this team. I think he can be a difference maker in, in more ways than one. And, uh, you know, I don't think we're playing ourselves out of, you know, being a competitive football team because, like I was talking about, um, we – if Teddy can I think that Teddy can win on a team that's more talented, on with receivers that can make more separation. Which I think would be great on the Bears that, on a, and with the an Colts, offensive line that can stand up and protect like the Saints had, and yeah. a, you know a dynamic running back situation that we do have. Um, you know, all we really need to do is f- plug up some holes on the offensive line and on the defense, and I think the rest of our team is good enough for Teddy Bridgewater to be able to win. So if we do play ourselves out of one of those top draft spots, we can still become a competitive team by addressing areas other than quarterback and by reaching for somebody that we don't know for sure. Um, I think that we also, I mean, you have to look at our salary cap situation. We've got, you know, we're in salary cap hell. We have more salary, more dead money on our roster than any this other year. team in the I league. I think this is and the last year of that. I think we're, we're free. I think we're going to be paying yeah. for some better contracts and things like that. We're going to be able to improve our team. So I don't think that Teddy Bridgewater is, you know, that we can't at, under any circumstance keep him around for at least a couple of years. But I don't, you know, at the same time, we can't, you know, we can give draft a new quarterback this year. We cannot. We have flexibility. Um, but looking forward to next week, the Chiefs are going to be a tough, tough matchup. Um, their offense can move the ball in, in every dimension. It'll be a real test to our defense to see if they're able to score on big plays. Um, I And, you know, what I'd like to see is they are going to have a lot of yards underneath. I don't think there's anything that we can do about that. As long as we can prevent them from blowing the top off the defense and tackle well, which, you know, that's a, those are big ifs after having uncle or having nuts right now. So yeah. we'll see what happens. But I'm your optimistic. Your aunt you know, is a tranny and they he's have your fight, uncle. They have drive and that the coaches have seemed to be preparing them for what they're going into week in and week out. So, um, Great anyway, calls. Jason from Denver, signing off. Uh, keep pounding, guys. Way to go, Jason. We're going to keep going keep through pounding. the calls. Jason from Hey, what's Denver. up, Panther Nation? This is uh, Nasty Nate from Harrisburg. Nasty uh, Nate! I'm a Miami Hurricanes fan, and I, just, I don't know if you guys noticed, but on the Falcons game, 
Uh, Troy Aikman said that Matt Rule reminded him of Jimmy Johnson. I thought that was pretty fucking dope. And also, I want to talk about the draft. I think we got to get a quarterback, offensive lineman, and linebacker. So I say we yeah. get the BYU quarterback, then draft the offensive lineman and uh, linebacker in there. Also, I think it'll be pretty cool since I'm a Hurricanes fan. I like uh, De'Aaron King. Could be a sneaky third-round pick quarterback. And first round, I say we get that Kyle Pitts guy from Florida State. He could be like a Claypool dude. And we possibly could trade uh, DJ Moore for like a second or six-round pick or second-round pick for Green Bay. So we got two seconds, and then we can get like a offensive lineman and linebacker. And, yeah, man, so I feel like the draft's kind of like Mario Kart. You hit the question mark box, you don't know what you're going to get. You can get a bomb. You can get a star. He's a good player. Or you can get that low-key uh, turn shell that knocks off the number one player in the league. So maybe mm-hmm. you get a quarterback and could, could be like surpassed. Calls, you know, bro. the top quarter, Gilmore, Ramsey, Trey Davis White. He knows, man. All I know is love the Panthers. And hope that's pretty cool with you. Also, what if you trade for like a, a 2022 first-round pick for the Jets for Quentin Williams and have the best offense, I mean, defensive line, you know, young line ever. Cody, that's pretty this cool. Is your call. That's just my thoughts and crazy this stuff I've been call, thinking, Cody. and that's just my input. And I believe in that rule. I believe in you guys. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk to you. And uh, God bless, guys. Stay safe out there. Stay righteous. God bless. Keep that. God. God bless, man. Nasty Nate. Mm-hmm. Shout out for the call, man. Thanks so much for calling in. Uh, I, I love where your mind's at, dude. Uh, listen, if you've been listening to the show already, you've already heard us uh, gush about Zach Wilson. I think he's legitimate. Um, I'm excited to watch him the rest of this football season. I think he's a legitimate Heisman candidate. Um, and I think that he has the potential to be in conversation for us. Um we definitely need to go offense. We have to build our offensive line. Um, Jackson Carmen, the left tackle um, from Clemson, uh, could play tackle or guard for us, I think. Chaz Herat is a linebacker out of uh, UNC who I think has some potential to go in the second or third round. We have options, man. And uh, one of the things that I said on that podcast that we did with everyone in Panther Nation is that a rebuild doesn't have to take forever. People have this mindset that when you rebuild, it's like, oh, two or three years down the road. Man, the Arizona Cardinals have turned around the the optimism meter of their franchise in just two years' time. It doesn't have to take forever if you can draft well and you can uh, make the right moves in free agency. It doesn't have to take forever. Cody, don't you think they also kind of fell into that? Because the, who, who was the guy they drafted, the quarterback they drafted? The Rosen. Way? Rosen. Yeah. They they fully plan on him working out. So imagine him winning seven games his rookie year. Then they're not in the position they're in. I'm they so kind glad of stumbled you brought in, that up. They kind of stumbled into where they're at. I mean, you're right. It worked out well for them in two years. But had Rosen done decent his first year, they'd never have Murray. Well, right, like they'd have never been in that position. So I mean, they, you know, it's it's kind of a I don't know. I mean, I mean, from from the moment that they drafted Kyler Murray, right? Then the very next year, he was the offensive rookie of the year, I believe so, right? Yeah, he won offensive rookie of the year, Kyler Murray. And then you know, as of right now, they're a good football team. So what I'm meaning from the time that you actually hit on your quarterback, 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to take a long time from then thereafter to build a legitimate football Just in fair, they also had a big trade right. for DeAndre. That's Hopkins. it's important that all those yeah. things are they sound wonderful. And one other thing, though, just because you brought up Rosen, he was their big quarterback that they got like at the mm-hmm. second pick or whatever. It was like ridiculous. Yeah. And no, he, he, yeah, uh, he got passed up a few times, didn't he? And I want to say this is someone said, and I think it was Cody a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Sam Darn. It was like, it's about where you go, right? You were like, it's not just it's about bad. who you are, it's about where you go. Well, right. Jason Rosen or Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen has been. He's kind of like the buster of that myth in some ways. Like he's been but everywhere. He like he can't even break through. What I what I would just say is this: is that that's an that's one piece of evidence that just tells us that just because you get picked high doesn't mean you're great. Right. Uh, I will say I was, that Rosen was nowhere near the prospect that we Kyler, thought he was so smart though. Like he was supposed to be the cerebral that, ass that, motherfucker that, that taught philosophy and this and that. Time arm. He was always injury prone. He was never mobile. Like he was never. Did you see? Did you hear Colin Cowherd talking shit about two already? Yeah, I, I did. He says uh, he just looks small. Like he looks. He's just like he's just kind of this. He's just uh, kind I don't of even that. listen to that Joker anymore. One bro. game. Yeah, I mean, crazy, he's man. such a good talker, though. He's mm. a good talker because he just all he does is take hot takes. That's it. Like mm. he. It's it's very similar to Stephen A. Smith, but I wanted to touch on the is Arizona Cardinals part of things. You know what the Arizona Cardinals did though is they went from one year of Steve Wilkes of mm. uh, of uh, Josh Rosen, and it was a failure. They didn't wait. They made the decision. Uh, this, this could have been a tr- just a horrible scenario because a lot of people would have been saying, you know, let's say. Uh, and let's look at uh, the Jets with Adam Gase. Everybody's like, you got to give him more time. You got to give him more time. Well, guess what? The Arizona Cardinals didn't, and now they're looking pretty damn good, right? They didn't give Steve Wilkes an extra, or Steve, is that right? Still, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. They didn't give him an extra year. They didn't give Josh Rosen the benefit of the doubt. They said, we're resetting off of our reset. We're done. We're moving on. You know, period, no questions mm-hmm. asked. You know, and then it's worked out really well for them. You know, what I worry about with the Panthers, and I think we all can kind of mimic this, you know, bit of worry is that, again, mediocrity is just going to feed more mediocrity. You know, it's just going to continue yeah. down this path because it's what happened with Ron Rivera in the final years of, well, he he won the first few games and then he was competitive the last few games. And then they did a good offseason. They lost Cam. We're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. When and clearly he wasn't able to coach at the same level that these new offensive-minded coaches were able to coach at. All of a sudden, you know, we're still just kind of behind the eight ball because we were refusing to make a move. I think we did make a move, though. We go and get yep. rule, right? We do yep. a lot of it's become. But what you have brought up is a uh, someone told me this. Who was it that told me this? Good lord. It was like they t- they said to me, "You hire slow, fire fast." That yeah. is, you take the time to find the right person, yes, rather than just hiring somebody because you need somebody. Yes. But when when you see somebody is not doing it, 
the wor their 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 argument was is the worst thing you can do is drag it out. So you well, fire you fast, you hire slow, band, and I think that's kind of what you're. That I don't say that's kind of. I think that's exactly what you're saying with Arizona that they did. Yeah, yeah. that's what they did, and that's what I'm talking about with. Our, I'm not saying we fire Coach Rule or anything like that. Yeah, I, I think, think we hired well stuff. there. Yeah, yeah, it's like is I think I think you're right there. I think there's good, good points, good points, good calls. Well, one more call, and then I got some election notes for you. Podcast brothers, how y'all doing? Oh, gee, come on, hey man, I was really, really, really believing that we was gonna pick some free agents up. I really was, man. You know, but as the Panthers always do, we don't pick up nobody, man. And you know, what I'm saying I'm kind of pissed off about it because honestly, I want a Stephon Gilmore from the Patriots, man. Oh my God, man, he would help the corner situation out so damn he much, lost man. Way too much. Oh my bro. God. But he's you been put him on our crap field. there. You put Dante Jackson playing nickel, and he has experience, and he can teach. You know Troy Pot, Troy Prodigy. He's had a bad year. The rest of the defense, but it's a bad a team. For, but we didn't get him, and I wanted that damn defensive tackle out of the Jets too. I forgot his damn name, but I would like him to become a Carolina Panther. Quentin, Quentin you know? Williams. But but before I let y'all go, notice one thing: when we got a lot of free agents. You know what I'm saying? Good, proven, free agents. We went 15 and one. Y'all remember that shit when we had Peanut? You no, know, he was a free agent. We picked him up. You know the, the damn left tackle from Baltimore. He was a free agent. Michael we picked him up. Jared you know, Allen. It what it is, man. It's just that yep. you know it breaks my heart. Trade. You know, Roman is something. But yep. you know, hey, we got Kansas City this Sunday. And call me crazy. I see his one in this game. I really do, man. Ain't oh, no stop, this is a bleeding optimist. They love the so team. Give me your thoughts on that. Don't laugh at my prediction, but you know. <laughs> 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 oh, my man, G. G, G, he knows us so well, bro. He already. The first thing we did. It's a long line of good calls tonight. I want to bring this up, guys. Um, so we've talked about many of the things that G has said in this in this call. I want to since it's election night, right? We're polling, we're getting these notes. You guys aren't going to be able to see this who are in the room, but I prepared a couple, and if I would have had some more time, if I hadn't gotten an argument with partially my wife and the rest of the world before the show, I'm going to have more. I want to ask this, is that tonight we are going to be casting our vote for Secretary of Defense for the Carolina Panthers. That's right. We are going to be electing our best defensive coordinator. In the history of the Panthers, and I know this is hard for us because some of us very babies when this happened, but I want to, there's three candidates that come up for election of best defensive coordinator. Nick Fangio, who was our first defensive coordinator, who is now the head coach of the Denver Broncos. I tell you, the Panthers started out as an expansion team in 1995 they won seven and nine, but I tell you this: in 1996, twelve and four. Second year, Nick Fangio, and let me see the notes right here. 1996, the and and I want you guys to think about these because I'm going to give you some stats. 
right? So you got to keep these in. Fangio, defensive coordinator, 1996. We're 10th in yards. We are 2nd against scoring. We averaged 4.8 yards per game. We were 8th in rushing, 12th against the pass. Um, So Nick Fangio is a defensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers to start. We went 7-9, and 12-4, 7-9, 4-12. I think he got us all the way. He was with us through 1998, so we had a 12-4 season. The next defensive coordinator up for election is, uh, I believe it's Mike, Mike Trogovac, 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 T-R-G-O-V-A-C. Trogovac? Trogovac? Trogovac. This guy was the bomb, man. Like, he might be getting your vote. Uh, He was the defensive coordinator for the 2003 through the 2000 Nine, maybe 12, 2008. He had, in this time, we were 11 and 5 twice and 12 and 4 once. In 2003, we were 10th in points, 9th against the pass, 4.7 yards per play, 11th against rushing. In 2005, under his leadership, we were 3rd in yards allowed against the team. I mean, against, uh, against teams fifth in scoring, ninth against the pass, fourth in rushing. He had three winning seasons, like big time, where the defense was very good. In 2008, uh, we were 12th in points, 18th in yards, 16th in the pass, 20th against the run. And our third candidate goes to Sean McDermott. In 2013 and 2015, makes his uh, bid for Secretary of Defense. In 2013, we were second in points, second in yards, six against the pass, second against the rush. 2015, six in points, six six in yards, 11th in the pass, fourth against the rush. We have three picks. I think Fangio is like a founding father of the Panthers' defense. Travangit built this system. McDermott really capitalized upon it where does your vote go Fangio, Travagic McDermott, Secretary of Defense Secretary of Defense for Panther Nation Um, I feel like maybe uh, you know my answer might be a little bit simple but I, I think for me just based on the amount of time that I've been watching the football team and evaluating these Carolina Panthers defenses um I, I gotta say, Sean McDermott, man. I, I think that 2013 and 2015 defenses uh, for Carolina are a real feather in his cap, mm-hmm. and I think you can make an argument that the franchise as a whole was at its best in those two years, man. We had Cam yeah. Newton. Uh, we had a defense that was playing incredible. Um, the only reason it got outshadowed is because that was the same year of the Legion of Boom up in Seattle and that crazy defense that they had. The 49ers also had a really good defense. Um, so, you know, seeing what uh, the Panthers were able to do, man, I remember Greg Hardy and Charles Johnson and that young pass rush. Man, that was – that was we had studs all over the football field. So. Yeah. I mean, again, you guys might be able to speak back to that earlier 
era of Panther defenses. But for me, dude, I'm casting my ballot for McDermott. I've I've got to I've got to do this. Like, so here's the thing, and I'm going to take out recency bias out of the equation here. Like, if you look at just pure statistical, you know, as let's take out take out the Carolina Panthers aspect of it. Even McDermott has gone to Buffalo and given them a top tier defense consistently. Um, he has when he left the Panthers, what happened? Our defense, even with Luke Kuechly, was Horrendous. Mm-hmm. It didn't it, like in 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 Sean or uh, Steve Wilkes made got a head coaching job because he went from one year not blitzing to the next year just having to blitz the entire time. Like he literally was just blitzing, and so he got a job because he was an aggressive blitzer. That's really why he got the job with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you see that, when you see what happened to the Panthers when he left, what happened to the Bills when he went up there? By the way, first time they've had a playoff appearance. Uh, in how many years with him under the rain? Uh, and they look like they're making another bid for it. I mean, it, it's got to be. It's got to be Sean McDermott. Yeah, I have to. I have to complete it here and say Sean McDermott as well. Not once again, not necessarily a recency bias, but just looking at the stats, especially what you were just telling me. While uh, Trogovic, whatever his name is, had some pretty good stats, and I do remember the defenses being well that year. The stats you lifted off with McDermott were consistently top three, top five for both those phenomenal years. Whereas Trog, uh, the other guy, Trogback, whatever, he wasn't uh, one of the best defenses in the league. It was a good defense, but it wasn't top in almost every category. Whereas when McDermott was in his prime, had the best teams, we, it's arguable. You could make an argument any day of the week that 2013 and 15, we were the best defense in the league. You know, If it wasn't for 2013, my vote goes to... Travagic, Dragovic, Travag, whatever. Like, is this is actually the defense that people celebrate the most for the Carolina Panthers, which the 2015 defense was not one of our best defenses. I think that the 2013 defense is one of the best defenses in the history of football. And if the Seattle Seahawks hadn't have been just a yard or two more than uh, better than us. We would have been the second to the 85 Bears. I'm going to let you guys. You guys are going to win the vote. But, man, I like those defenses from 2003 to 2008. McDermott was good. It was good. But we only got two years out of it. And I'm not saying, look, because I'm not saying underperformed. I think you guys are casting the right vote. All right, next election. Election night. Best offensive player in Panther history. You have two candidates up here, Smitty, Steve Smith, or Cam Newton. Now, we can argue that there's some other players, I guess. I don't even – no, actually, I don't think there's an argument. I think this is the deciding vote right here. I'm going to cast my vote first, and I've decided to go – I'm casting my vote for Smitty. For Smitty over – Damn. Yeah, I am. yeah, and I wish. Oh, you know what? If you would have asked me this two years ago, I would have cast my vote the other way. Um, but kind of the ungracious or unceremonious decline of Cam Newton's career, Smitty playing ultimately the large, large amount of his career with the Carolina Panthers, and then finding yep. success after the cut, the blood and guts, this and that. Um. You know, I always say this is thank you, Cam, for taking Smitty off the shelf. 
Steve Smith was on the shelf like a hobbled old receiver that nobody cared about, and Cam Newton came in and back. Steve Smith is back to being number one. He's my vote right now. Yeah, Triple crown. I understand Cam is the NFL MVP. If Cam would have not played this year, I may have voted for Cam Newton. You want to know? You know why I'm voting for uh, Smitty? Is I'm taking out like obviously if you're talking about most important player in franchise history, it's going to be Cam Newton, right? But if you're talking about best offensive player in you know in uh, Carolina Panther history, I'm looking at this from a purely objective standpoint. Steve Smith is what would you say at least? I mean, I know he's high up in the ranks as far as total yardage, but would you say he's hey. one of the best receivers in the top 10 of the NFL, history in the NFL? Uh, yeah, I think there's an argument for that. Like, look up the stats, but I think so. And and, I don't, I don't, and on a team that didn't have a quarterback for three years. Well, too. you can make that same argument for Cam for his tenure here, but I was going to say, I mean, he had one, you know, Cam Newton, I don't think you could really put him in the top 10 he had the triple crown, dude. Smitty had a triple it, crown. He led yeah. in yards, receptions, and touchdowns, and he was only five foot eight. Yeah, five foot but I'm, I was insane. just gonna say, I'm just looking at it from purely, you know, in history of the NFL. Steve Smith was one of the best in the history in the NFL at his position. Cam Newton is high up there, but he's not top ten, and I don't think there's an argument that can be made that he was a top ten quarterback in the history in the NFL. Cam Newton is the most is the answer to this question, and it's not even close to me. Steve Smith didn't do half of what Cam Newton had to do for this football team, and how he had to elevate literally everyone around him, and then got all the blame when things didn't go his way. Um, I, I think everyone's too ready to write off Cam Newton. Um, I, I think that Steve Smith. Was an incredible football player, but I think that um, he still had some gas left in the tank, and I still think Cam does too. Um, I, I think Cam Newton brought this team to a Super Bowl um, on the back of an MVP season. And again, like if we're picking, I think that no one has ever put the Carolina Panthers on the stage that Cam Newton has, and I think it's not even close. You know, I'm casting my vote for Ace Boogie, baby. Come on. I, I think it's almost an unfair question to a certain extent because it's kind of hard to compare a, just a quarterback to a wide receiver because like the MVP right like the MVP right. of the NFL nine right. times out of ten goes to a quarterback right exactly you're not going to win wide receiver MVP as a wide receiver I mean honestly, sure. you're probably not going to win well once okay but how many years has the NFL been around being in the MVP right. rounds I'm saying it should uh, and and the thing is too is. Steve Cam Newton had much more opportunity to affect games than than Steve Smith did, but when it comes down to it, if you're just talking about strictly best athlete for their position, I'd have to say Steve Smith was a better wide receiver than Cam Newton was a quarterback. Even though I love Cam Newton as a quarterback, Cam Newton, yeah, Steve Smith's number eight all time in yards. Yeah, but that's not the wide receiver. Well, that it, that means at his on at his position, what he does, he performed better than Cam. But Cam, Cam's not going to finish top eight in anything in his career. If the question oh, is going to be based that way, which I, this is no knock on Tony, if the question is going to be based who's the best offensive player, you've got to level the playing field, right? Mm-hmm. You can't. If that was the I case, like Red talking about that is and who's the 
It's like, is he a top 10 quarterback versus a top 10 receiver in the history? I kind of like that analogy because you can't compare an apple to an orange. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you're talking about most important, and that's what I said, if you're talking about the most important player in the Panthers history, Cam Newton, 110%, right? But if you're talking about the most superstar, all these other things, the best offensive player, like to level the playing field, if those are the two options, it's got, you've got to look at it from that objection. Like if you're talking about who would you, if you had a, a pick of 10 wide receivers and 10 quarterbacks, Steve Smith is going to be on that 10 wide receiver. Cam Newton is not going to be on that 10 quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, and I know that might be objective, yeah. but in my opinion, if you look at it, Tom Brady in his prime, Peyton Manning in his prime, uh, you know, right, uh, right, was, right. you know Joe Montana, we can go all the all the way down, and there are a lot of great quarterbacks, and I don't think that Cam we Newton should. Is how about this? Is we should almost ask the question: Is which one of those guys is more underrated? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you're, you're, because like yeah. Steve Smith will not be on the list of top ten because just because people don't think about him that way. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, all right. So I want to put out there real quick, Tony, is Steve Smith did it with no matter who was throwing to him. Cam well, Newton, that's not he, true. He, he that's not true it. because he, he didn't, didn't do it with claws and he didn't do it like he could. Sadly, he was well, sorry well, in those well, couple of years in twenty ten. Yeah. Jake DeLone was good enough Every to get year, it. Was, right at it. Jake was, was the boss. He was the best quarterback in Panthers history. No. I'm not yeah, yeah. All right. Was. Here's the next one. Here's the next one. All right. Uh, we are voting now for minister, 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 minister of the interior, best defensive tackle, Panthers, almost history. I am taking. K1 short out of the equation. I'm taking a couple of guys out. You have two choices. You have to vote for Chris Jenkins or Star Latulale. I think this is a landslide in favor of Chris Jenkins, who was just the bomb diggity, who then went on to have a fantastic career with the New York Jets. It's kind of an unfair question to me, but I was going back and I was trying to think of best defensive tackles. And we're talking Jenkins, Starr, and KK are among that bunch. Cast your vote. Let's move along. Uh, I'm cast my vote for Star, even though I thought. Oh, that's look. That's because you're a baby, you're a child. No, Chris Jenkins was the fucking giant. Mm. Chris Jenkins was flashier and was better at rushing the quarterback, but I think Star was more important to those defenses that he was a part of, and that's so much of our ability to let Luke Kikwe and Thomas Davis play fast came through Star Latulale and what he did on that defensive line. And again, like flashy, yeah, numbers, you go Jenkins. But I think Star is like one of those unsung uh, heroes. Better NFL player, you go Jenkins. All right. you He votes Star, I vote Jenkins. Who you guys got? I got Jenkins. Yeah. I mean, he single-handedly beat the Bucks that year. And All right. Who you got, Greg? Yeah, I'm just comparing their stats right now. I got to go Jenkins, too. Jenkins, like, Hall of Famer. All right. Um, I have more images, but now we can't go images. I do want to ask you this. All right. I have more questions, too, but we're going to cut it short a little bit. How about this? Better Super Bowl. 2003. Or 2015. 
It's a sweep. It's a sweep. It's a sweep. It looks like Reagan against Carter right now. Yeah, dude, at least we were in that one. Like that one was competitive. We should well, we were in the twenty fifteen one. We were in that. We weren't even in that. We made a great comeback. It was one of the most it was the two thousand and three is one of the top Super Bowls of history. And to be honest, by if we've had good Super Bowls since two thousand and three, but the narrative back in two thousand and three was is that Super Bowls were kind of bum games. You know, you is know? that like they weren't that exciting? You know, it was just like sometimes they would be That's... like six to three, nine, whatever. And then mm-hmm. this was the one of the most exciting NFL Super Bowls, and maybe it's because I was a Panther fan, but I agree with you guys a sweep for that mm-hmm. that that and yep. one last thing to, to say on that and i will move on is the that was considered one of the best super bowls uh the 2015 was considered one of the worst yeah wow and plus, i would not agree this? it's just because people don't like defense that's why and, and how yeah. about how it's so much more embarrassing like it's not embarrassing to lose to an in his prime tom brady we lost to the corpse of Peyton Manning. Tom Brady wasn't it, in his prime. He was a baby. He just yeah, came off the bench then, bro. It, it like he hadn't matter. even he played one season yet. You but, know what year That was his, what, second? But, what, that was his first was, or second Super that Bowl? That was his second Super Bowl. Yeah, he, he was already a Super Bowl winning quarterback. That was like third, third, yeah, but he was a Super Bowl winning quarterback his first year with like 120 yards. Yeah, and like, and he didn't just, win that first Super Bowl. It, that, but look at what he would go on to do, man. We're talking about a no, young right, Tom that, Brady versus the corpse of Peyton. You know what pisses me off about that Super Bowl, or not so much that Super Bowl, is when everybody talks about on different radio shows and everything about uh, Tom Brady and the ones he almost he should he could have lost. They never bring that one up. Never, ever, ever bring the Carolina one up. Because they bring up he couldn't lose it. As soon as we gave him the ball, we knew it was over. Well, yeah. uh, thanks for John right. How about this? Um, best playoff game, Panther history. Ooh. I got to say, all right, I'm going to give you two choices and you're going to have a write in. Okay. The best playoff game, 2003, the upset, the comeback over the Rams, mm-hmm. or the NFC Championship against. The Arizona Cardinals in 2015. My vote is for the Rams. That game is super exciting. I was at the NFC Championship. Best Mm. game of my life. Like, it was just so... Best sporting experience of my life. My vote goes to the the comeback. The Carolina... The Cardiac Cats on the road in St. Louis. Taking over. Yeah. Against the, what was it? What they used to call them? The, the, uh, the oh fastest God. show on turf, greatest yeah, show yeah. on turf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, what you guys? What's your cast your vote? Real That's quick. That's such a hard one because I think I was so excited after the Arizona one, but it wasn't an exciting game. We just destroyed them. Right, it was not even yeah, like it was exciting if you were there. It was it was great. exciting. Oh. Yeah, if you were there. <laughs> but from a purely like the best game. From start to beginning, it's got to be that uh, that that Rams. I mean, double overtime, and then have it to be that one play that will always go down in history as one of the greatest plays in Panthers history. I mean, come on now. 
All right, cast your vote, guys. We gotta go quick. I gotta go. I should have been gone an hour ago. I got, I got two more. I gotta ask too. By the way, they have to be asked. Okay. Great. Go ahead. Okay, I'll go ahead. Um, I, I was thinking about it. Yeah, I have to say that Rams game too, 2003. I could bring up another honorable mention in 2003 against the Eagles. That game they play, I think it was the game before that where uh, Manning had three interceptions. That was a great game to watch too. But yeah, the two you gave me, I got, I gotta pick that. Rams game. I'm, I'm picking the Cardinals, man. That was the pinnacle of Panther fandom for me. That was the crescendo of that incredible season. Watching us go uh, to a team was, or to a Super Bowl with Super Cam. To me, that's the highest I've ever Hard been as a yeah. Panthers fan. So I can't. Yeah. I, I know the I Rams you. play was legendary, but I just I can't put anything. Well, and, that. and that's the thing you didn't experience it as a Panthers fan at that point in right. time. So I, you're you're to be forgiven for that. That's 100. percent I I I can't disagree with your your pick there. How about this? Um, next question: Best defensive player in Panther history. There's a lot of good players to talk about, from Thomas Davis to Mike Minter to Sam Mills, but I've narrowed it down. What I believe are the two most important, best, the the best, the best of the best of their positions, Peppers Julius Peppers and Luke Keekley. Mm-hmm. My vote goes to Julius Peppers on the, qual- the qualification that we take in the entirety of his career. Mm-hmm. Not just his time with the Panthers, and I'm not even trying to limit Luke Keekley because his career was shortened. I'm just saying if you just look at Pepper's career as a Panther, it's part of it. He had a whole half another career. Greatest defensive player for the Panthers is my vote. But qualification, I think I might have a caveat and say Luke Keekley, greatest defensive Panther. Luke Kingsley uh, was the greatest defensive Panther because he was only a Panther. And again, man, like it goes back to this thing, like, uh, you know, Julius Peppers did a ton for us. And defensive end is incredibly go- important. Peppers man. gets a gold jacket, man. Luke Kingsley doesn't. Dude, and, I don't uh, think that Julius Peppers did more. And listen, but, it, he's okay. third in all-time sacks. All-time sacks. Okay. All-time sacks. Third. He, okay. third in and the no history one, of no football. One, no man. one is shitting on that. But the collective amount of game planning and scheming up opposing offenses that Luke Kickley just did for better than a decade. You're going to tell me the guy Peppers that did that for two decades. I mean, right. more than two, Luke. No. Listen, I know that's oh your boy. I know Shot. that's your boy. Dude, you, that's your, your guy since forever. I know, but dude, I'm fucking, I'm rocking with 59, bro. Wrong. I, this is bad. I, gotta, I, I voted I, the I, other I, way. I'm voting for Pepper. <laughs> I got to go with Pepper, too. Uh, he's probably my favorite athlete. Uh, the, the, ever to be honest yeah. with that, I, I'm with you, bro. I'm he's with my favorite you. athlete ever, man. Awesome guy, and it's a longevity thing. I think had Luke played six, seven more years, or played, you know, finished a, a longer career, uh, it would have been him hands down. I think that he would have surpassed sure, Julius. Sure. But the so would Bo Jackson if he would have played yeah, a billion exactly. years, right? So for for Luke, it's not a matter of him being bad. It's just a matter of, uh, you know. Uh, Peppers did it twice as long as him, and up until his he retired, Peppers was still a dominant force. All right, not well. Um, CK, you can break it. 
Break, you I'll, can I'm, break this. It's two to one. Just put it over top. I'm, uh, you're going to hate me because I'm going to leave it as a tie oh here, God. and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. If we're talking strictly Panthers, right, there has not been a defensive player that has done more for the Carolina Panthers than Luke, right? And sure. And take this out of the equation, too. Pep chose to leave Carolina. We wanted yes. him. He chose to leave us. Yes. For a long time until he was on the back end of his career and he could get this nice welcome home. Pep chose to go away from Carolina. He did not want us. So I think that's fair to put that into the category. Luke put his entire career here, granted short as it may be. If you look at it from the – if we're talking about who's the greatest player to ever wear a Panthers uniform, then certainly take in the longevity of Pep's career and then go about it that way. But right now – the best Panthers defensive player we've ever had, Luke. Is Luke. It, it's a very fair argument. I mean, you're not wrong. You know, it's just a. All right. Time. Okay. Uh, next question. Better linebacker group. Mm. All right. The better line grab. There's three of them. Well, mm, I'm going to leave. God, I can't do this right. How about this? Thomas Davis and John Beeson together or Dan Morgan and Will Witherspoon? Uh, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll take this one. John Beeson and Thomas Davis together uh, in their prime because John Beeson, when he played with us before we got rid of him, was, when he was the top, when he was not hurt, he was better than Thomas Davis, bro. He was so sick. You want to know why I, I don't like that argument? Because John Beeson and, and Thomas Davis, Thomas Davis wasn't the Thomas Davis we recognized as yeah, being the, it, yeah. the great yeah, linebacker. True. So you like, can't, like, we we, rem- we think of Thomas Davis as when he was with Luke. Like, mm-hmm. when Thomas Davis was with John, or it was not Thomas Davis that you guys remember from the, the years of Luke. That's true. Oh, 10 days Pep played nine years, Luke played eight. That's for the Panthers only, though. Right, that's the question. But we're not. But that's not what the question was: is greatest defensive player. On the I Panthers. think you have to. I think you have to take into account other. No, parts of their why? Career. Luke has never played for anyone else, and the only reason Pep did well was that's because, because he, he retired, dude. Right, how, how do you know next season after the season he wasn't going to say screw it, I'm getting out to, or David Pepper wouldn't have gotten rid of him because he doesn't. Right, but I'm saying you can't say that Julius Peppers is a better Panther all-time defensive player than Luke when Luke when Luke was only a Panther and Greg Hardy chose to leave. You can't give him credit for what he did in Chicago and Green right. Bay. Last one, I could ask these all night. I got a bunch of them, and I'm not going to ask anymore, but I was going to say Yeah, this. you did this. Don't bitch at me. You did this. <laughs> That's right. Uh, best third Panthers receiver. Third? Hmm. I got to do Would that be Ricky Pro <laughs> oh. or Curtis Samuel? <laughs> And it's Ricky Poe, bitches. Up. It ain't even close. Oh, yeah. In the stream. All right. Okay. Yeah, it's right. gonna be pro until until we get uh, uh, some, here. Uh, let's play one one more call yeah. or two, and let's go. We go fast. What's going on, C three Nation? This is your boy Jay Anderson up, Jay? hitting y'all up. Man, I hope Hello, y'all Jay. doing good. Hope y'all doing good. Hope y'all being safe. Um, one thing I want, you know, one thing I want to say, man. I I watched the um, whole round table. And I'm glad that y'all did that, man. I was looking forward for that, man. It was. Yeah. It was good. Hopefully, y'all can do that. 
I don't know how y'all might, you know, how y'all going to do it. I mean, I'm thinking, like, I can do it the next one to be the end of the season, then do the draft yeah. roundtable, then do the, um, before, that's kind of the you plan. know, training I camp. I think that's a great idea. Like you know, however y'all want to do it, but I enjoyed it. It was good to see that all, you know, all the YouTubers, you know, you know, we need that in Panther Nation. We need that. We need our content to be bigger yep. and stuff like that. So Way to go, Glad Jay. y'all I did agree. that, man. I enjoyed the show. Um, Appreciate one thing I want to um, get up. Another thing I want to get off on um, is the trade deadline. Everybody, you know, I see a lot of Panther fans upset that the Panthers ain't make a move. The only thing I would say is I think we should have made a we should have made a move not to get a player but to get more draft picks and yeah. in the free more cap space. And stuff like that. You Calls know. are top notch. Right. You shouldn't make making move to get no tight end. I was like, you know, why? Like, you know, you can find a tight end in the next draft or in the next free agent. Whoever and obviously, that might be. we don't even need you them. You know, if you want to make a, you know, times when you make a booming trade, um, booming um trade is when you in that spot to make a elite to Super Bowl contender. Like you going all out, like we did Speaking in twenty fifteen. That's a but we're not in that spot, so. Hopefully, you know, in the off season they'll, you know, find a way to get what they need and everything. But we didn't need to make no moves, you know, like that. No big moves to get a player. Just only in draft only in draft picks I think we I thought we should have made a big move to to get more picks. Perfect. All right, y'all. Be- great call. I think that's great. I mean, I think we agree with all of it. We we have fun on the round table and second. Cody, you have been emphatic, and I have been an emphatic supporter of this, is that acquiring talent today is not what we're in the business of. Right. It's not, that doesn't even mean that we're tanking. You know what I'm no. saying? Like, I don't even know. It just That's not where we're in the business of right now. I think yeah. they believe what they built so far. Yeah. We need, and, we need, man, like, we yeah, need. Is, is it really going to – is going and getting that – we're trying to dump – I wouldn't say we're trying to dump off people – but who you trade? You trade people; their deals are ending. I'll just so you don't trade I'm, for Gilmore, and then all of a sudden, well, Gilmore might have already gotten an extension, so you're just going to eat that money. But you don't trade for much. somebody that you then have to try to negotiate with. We need we need to continue to build this football team to the draft. How about this? We just spent an entire draft on defensive players, and we still need a linebacker. We mm. still need a corner. I mean, is you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, it used to be. Well, okay, now we'll do the exact opposite. We'll just go all offense. We can't even do that yet, man. We still have to fill out this football team. That's why I said I thought Curtis Samuel. I, I thought he could have gotten us at least a, a third, second round pick. A third, it would have been a, third. a second round pick, especially to a team that's contending. And you just trade third. for the single pick, a player for a second. It's not all this other stuff. It's just one second round pick. All right. Last call. What up, C3 fam? It's your boy, Mike. AKA Supreme. Lizard. What's up, Mike? Supreme Lizard. Hope y'all are doing well on this fine Tuesday. Uh, um, I got called in for some extra overtime tonight. I'll try to tune in if I can. Well, Appreciate I'm here. You. Riding these roads in these big old trailers. Make um, that money, homie. Make that money. I want to do it up, bro. A question. Um, and also just note that, you know, 
I see the pattern going on with uh, teams kind of, you know, catching on to what we're doing. That's that's what a good NFL teams do, right? Except for Atlanta's punk ass. Um, <laughs> you know, they uh, figured out what Teddy likes to do, what this off, how this offense likes to run, and now they're gonna attack it. So, um, what I wanted to ask is, uh. So it, it seems pretty obvious now that the Jets are likely going to get that number one pick. And even with Darnold, I think they would be stupid to pass on Lawrence if given the chance, unless there's somebody out there they may need that's really good. But I doubt that'll happen. Um, what do you think about uh, bringing Darnold over? Um He's uh nope. he he was supposed to be a good quarterback coming out and you know he they he got sent to the Jets and he, he's dying out there you know um I think uh he he could have a rebirth here um and we could trade for him he's not ideal but you know we need another option. What do y'all think about that? I think Darnold's uh, going to become what, like a Josh it. Rosen play. Thanks, thanks, Mike, for the call. I think he's going to kind of be like a Josh Rosen. Is this? Is that maybe? And I don't think Josh Rosen's going to have a resurgence. He never had a surgeons, but um, you don't trade for that. You know what I'm saying? Like you kind of pick that trash and you clean it, you polish it off. You find it's like a dumpster dive. And that I mean, point. If, I'm not saying he's done, but I don't think you go and you try to bank on it. No, I mean, he's been in the NFL three years now. I'll say this, man. It's too easy just to say, oh, he's Josh Rosen. And, and like this is where I go back into my, it matters where you get drafted. Dude, it doesn't matter if it was Darnold. It doesn't matter who you put up there. With what they were doing and with Adam Gates Can't as a head coach. Did you say that about Rosen, They too? were going to suck. Yes, right, and it right, matters. Right. That's my point. It matters when you go to a place that has incompetent coaching staff and an incompetent organization. Now, I wouldn't sign Sam because he's been in the NFL three years already. But, like, you know, I do think that he had talent, but I think it was squandered. Now, there might be some talent there left to have. But, again, you're banking on being able to pull that out of him three years into his NFL career. So it's like, I don't know if that's a gamble you're willing to take, but he was more talented than Josh Rosen. All right, quick, well, fellas, on that comment quickly. Yeah, let me say, how, how long has Darnold been in? Two years or three now? Or is this his second year? Or is Three. They, they came in the same time, 2000. Okay, so Sam Darnold had Robbie Anderson all of those years. Robbie Anderson already has more receptions this year in eight games than he did all 16 with all three years he had in the Jets. And the most yard he had was 941. He already had 688 with the Panthers. You really want to bring Sam Donald here? Donald here? They like were a double team. Yeah, but you got to remember he Donald. Have, he, he didn't have Donald had mono. He had, I mean, he's, he's actually been oh, injury mono. That's right. He had COVID. No, okay. And he was the right. number one. Did you want a 26-year-old guy? Anything to say on it, CK? What is it? Anything to say on Donald? No, no. I don't think, I don't think either. I don't think anybody's going to be gung-ho about Darnold. I think he's going to be a project. I think a really good move for them would be to trade him to the Colts. All right, C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by Carolina Cat Chronicles. 
com. You can follow me at cat underscore chronicles. We're here Tuesday night live, 9 p.m., longest running Panthers podcast. The number is 252-228-5098. Now we got to ice some fools up. I will go first. Pushing this along, I'm going to ice up this. I'm going to ice up um, vote shamers. And what I mean by a vote shamer is someone who stands up and says, if you didn't vote, I don't respect you. If you didn't vote, you might as well unfollow me. If you didn't vote, you this. And look, is that I want to encourage people to be part and be um, part of their own republic. We're a republic. We're not a democracy, but part of the democratic process. I wanted people to be educated and concerned, but I think that's an incomplete sentence. I think it's incomplete. Hmm. I think people should say this is I almost wonder is encouraging people to vote without any, uh, without any insight. And I'm not saying they don't have any insight. Like, I mean, they have insight into their society, Hmm. but I think you should say this. I think you should say, um, get to know your candidates and vote. And if you don't do that, unfollow me. That kind of thing is that here. I just don't know if blind voting is better than not voting. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not going to shame people who blind vote. And I'm not going to shame people because I think this is even for someone who is, I think, overall decently educated. Someone who tries at one point used to try to keep up with crap. It's difficult to find out what your candidates, what your judges, what these people really stand for. I skip people. I didn't, inv- and you know what? And here you can vote shame my ass. I did not vote in the presidential election. I skipped it. How dare I voted. I voted for governor. I voted for Senator. I voted for uh, all positions that I had an opinion on, but I could not vote for one man in my opinion, because he's, just a bull i won't say a bully i don't like well man, yeah that like i don't like the person and on the other side i don't like the policy so i couldn't vote for anybody and i could i guess i could have just thrown my vote away even more with a libertarian vote so here i'm icing up vote shamers you are just as bad as true fan shamers that's right Ice up. i like that i like that i like that a lot um you know, I, I could ice up a, a bunch of different people politically, but instead, man, I'm going to take a left turn and want to say, I voted for Kanye. Fuck all y'all. Kanye West 2020, bro. That's what <laughs> I'm really you're on. You're part of that 4%? Well, hey, man, instead of a stimulus check. If it's tax, 4%, all, that would be awesome. It's bro, like the most successful. He's at 4%. Instead no. of a stimulus. In the pre-polls, yeah. Instead of a stimulus, we're all going to get a free pair of Yeezys. And you're going to be able to flip that on the internet instead of 700, get you a few thousand, whatever, man. Vote Kanye 2020. Uh, I'm icing up uh, the raccoons that live in my neighborhood, bro. They're like a pack of gangsters, dude. Dude, they, they, they go from house to house. And literally, my house, our neighbor's house, we'll wake up in the morning. And the fucking uh, the dumpsters and the recycling bins have just been turned upside down. <laughs> trash everywhere, man. Dude, they are a band of thugs, and I don't feel safe. Um, you know, 
That's why I'm not a fan of the whole defund the police thing, man, because there's some wild raccoons out here, bro. You got to fund the animal and, control, homie. Yeah, fund the <laughs> animal police, bro. Uh, it's, it's hard out here in the streets, man. These raccoons are dangerous. I don't feel comfortable uh, out at night. I make sure never to have my wallet on me. Um, it's a problem, bro. To these Charlotte area raccoons, Bro, y'all need to chill out. Ice up, Tom. Hit him up with an ice up, guys. Uh, uh, CK, you got one? Here we go. Uh, You go ahead. All right. Uh, I can't remember the name of the hurricane that came through. uh, Was it Zeta? Zeta. Yeah, that might have been. I was something weird like that. I'm icing up a hurricane Zeta. I was out of power for about a day, and that wasn't even the biggest deal. Knocked down three trees in my yard, uh, and that's not even a big deal. I've been working on a shed for about five months. Just got the shingles on, and I'm almost done with the shingles. Just got to build the doors and paint, and I'm done. Guess where a tree fell? On the shed. On my shed. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Luckily, it wasn't that big of a tree. It didn't really do a whole lot of damage. I can repair it pretty easily. But, yeah, for that hurricane, I'm icing you up. A lot of people that are in the city were out of power for days and days and days. Luckily, it was only one for me. But, uh, yeah, you had to drop a tree on my damn shed. By the way, way, Blake Bennett said Thieves Avenue. CK, what you got? Um, you know, it's uh, it's gonna be along the lines of the the voting as well, um, because I think that I, I you know, and I'll I'll ice up my my wife even, you know, in this regard, you know, I, my wife was asking me who I'm voting for, and I told her I'm going libertarian because I couldn't, you know, that was the only person I was looking at that I honestly could say. I could stand seeing in office, right? Um, you know, after doing research and everything, everything we all want to try to do, that was, and, and she basically told me I was throwing my vote away, right? There was no mm. point. You might as well vote yeah. for Trump. And then I said, but here's the problem, right? I'm taking a stand that I feel, you know, pretty strongly about. Um, I don't like Trump, you know. Uh, I, granted, I do typically tend to lean that direction of, of conservative, um, don't like him. He's too divisive. He does not unite the country. Um, Biden, uh, I don't like the fact that I'm not sure he's actually capable of thinking very deeply at this point in time. <laughs> it's um, like a pawn or puppet we're worried yeah, about. Yeah, he doesn't. Now. He feels empty. Like there's he worries we have. Yeah, there's concerns. Everyone is basically voting for Kamala Harris. Yeah, yeah. Exa- that, that's mm-hmm. really the, the situation. And, and that's another divisive pit, right? That's very divisive. She was um, good in all those Senate hearings, though. She was good. Yeah. But I don't feel but, like they've been good on policy. But anyway. Yeah, but nonetheless, you know, to tell some, like, if you are strictly voting because you consider yourself Republican or you consider yourself a Democrat and you have no other reason than doing it, if you look at, if you're a Christian person, right, that's what my wife's argument was, Donald Trump passes Christian values, right? He, though, though he's trying to get prayers back in school, all this stuff. I'm like, have you met the guy? Do you really mm-hmm. believe this guy cares? Actually, about do religion? not let your wife, your wife is all right looking. Do not let her around Donald. No, no. Then that's what I said. Like, <laughs> can you like, you, let's be honest. He was in a reality show because he was not a good person because mm-hmm. he is an asshole. Does mm-hmm. he seem like a forgiving he Christian person? Them by the pussy. yo. Yeah. Like, I mean, let's be honest about some stuff. So I got frustrated with that. And I I had to basically have a conversation with her and my sister-in-law who were both trying to shame me into voting for Donald Trump, because if I vote anything else, I'm just voting for Biden. I'm like, if everybody thinks that way, you're absolutely right. 
Mm-hmm. 100%. Yep. You're always going to be right. If you only have the option of the two-party system, then that's going to be the case. The problem is this country was never meant to be a two-party system exactly. uh, dem- democracy. It was always intended to be multi-party because that is the only way you actually get your voice over. There is no possible way that every view you have is on one part, one person's radar. Like mm-hmm. They cannot hold every view you have. It's just not possible. Right. There's kind it's, of an irony in the idea that you have to vote for something you don't like because you yeah. don't like something else worse. More. That's yeah. the reason we're supposed to have checks and balances. That's why when you have a Senate, it's kind of like, do you vote on? It's like having a come on your face leadership. rather than swallowing. Yeah. Well, I don't want That's either. Interesting way to <laughs> like, can <laughs> I not vote yeah. for either, please? But I like that. Yeah, like, and I don't like that idea that I didn't want to. I didn't. I, 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 I just. All right. But sorry, CK, I'm stepping up. The irony of it all. And then we'll wrap it up after this. The irony of it all is, you know, the people that want to have this the same mentality, a lot of the Republicans, for instance, I'm icing up the people I would most likely side with on a lot of different policies. Right. Uh, you know, they're the ones that are saying, like, for instance, the gun aspect of things. Right. You know, oh, we can't change the Constitution. It was meant to be about this. It was meant to be about that, which I agree with. Right. You know, that that was written up before ARs were invented, but it was also written up before governments had nukes. Right. So, I mean, I I think that that still can be interpreted into today's society. But you're also the same people that are saying that two parties are only thing that can exist when that Constitution was never meant to be a two party Mm -hmm. process. Like it was not created that way. So in one hand, you're using the Constitution as a crutch, but you're also then using the exact same pillars the Constitution was built on as, you know, just throwing those away, saying that that's not valid. There's irony in it. It's just insane. And people refuse to acknowledge it. I'm just icing up anybody who refuses to have any independent thought and doing things that you truly believe in as opposed to what is being forced upon you because your party is associated with Republicans. Wouldn't it be great Rob, if you could uh, cast a vote for somebody rather than a vote against someone? Right. Yeah. Like, Listen, wouldn't it, that be a point. wonderful world where I could vote for someone because I believe they can be good, mm-hmm. not voting for them because they're the worst of shitheads? Or the that's worst why, of the rock that's, why, that's, why, that's why I didn't vote for Joe Biden. Because uh, all, all he does is the presidential it, all, all he does, but all he does is stab. All the Democratic elites do is stab progressives in the back, and then shame us when we refuse to vote for their fucking They're neoliberal policies. Snowflakes. Are y'all keeping Both up with this? Sides. By the way, as we're going, we gotta go. All right, I gotta go. My <laughs> wife is like this. She's watching the commentary about the presidency and she wants someone to talk to she's like in this fucking podcast she has not said this i told her it was going to be a short podcast and it's two hours and 15 minutes later we love you guys we love panther nation call into the show subscribe uh cody lash where can they find you on twitter uh at cody lash c-o-d-y-l-a-c for all bunch of panthers twitter hot takes and a brand new mock draft tomorrow on drafttech.com featuring a certain quarterback. Greg Manamini podcast and the Mandalorian you thought was awesome. And I thought it was a cheesy ball of shit made by Disney. Go ahead. How can they find your compliments <laughs> of Disney's steaming pile of shit? 
I hear you. Uh, find me at the Bat Daddy Fifty Two on Twitter. That's just a check little out harsh. The Geek Ultimate, <laughs> just check out the Geek <laughs> Ultimate Alliance Network. You can find all the shows I'm on. Check me out this Saturday. We're doing a trivia challenge for the Geekverse Podcast live twenty four hour stream. That's a charity event trying to raise money for BC Children's Hospital. So check us out. Donate if you can. Share, like, whatever you can do. Uh, but we're gonna win that trivia contest. It's gonna be fun. CK, man of live streams and also number one rated watcher of himself, I believe he put. What was that? Spectator, what you put yeah. up there? Number one rated spectator in yeah the game. Okay, uh, where are you streaming at? Um, I'm streaming on Facebook dot com fb dot gg. Um, you can find me most nights tonight. I'm going to be streaming Phasmophobia, so I'm about to get my ass scared tonight. Um, so if you guys are interested in seeing some uh, hilarious uh, gameplay that's going to result in me saying a lot of curse words and screaming, then uh, tune in tonight. All right. God bless America. And uh, if you don't believe in God, then I just mean bless America. And if you don't believe in any of the politics, believe in this. Is the Atlanta Falcons suck a giant D? Mm-hmm. We'll see you next Tuesday, folks. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.